Okay. Monday morning again. So even Bligards have Mondays. Barely. This is number 35. Yes, Slappercast number 35. I'll come in again. So we've got a hodgepodge of different... Did I actually just use say that word? Hodgepodge. Looks like you did. We've got a bunch of different topics that we may touch on today, since we don't have any one thing. Hodgepodge is what I call my tank top. Uh, yeah. I'm wearing a belly tee, in case you're wondering. Yeah. It's purple. That's why I'm so flustered right now. See? <laughs> my, th- my third nipple is... Yeah. Um, so, Patrick, you recently bought um, or acquired a uh, a new device, well, newish device with which to record. That sounds like stolen demos. <laughs> I paid for it. It's a boss BR eleven eighty boss. Okay, yeah, digital recorder, multi track digital recorder, which means you can record something and then record something else and then record something else and then mix that down to one track and then keep, you know, essentially it's a, it's a, it's a never ending uh, layer. Of course I'm bored after the first track. So, mm-hmm. and so it's usually so are the listener. So, uh, so then this is the second yeah, one of those you've owned. Second, second machine I bought. And but first one I bought was, was uh, used and, uh, because um, I needed something, and I needed it quick, and I was at Rock and Robin, which is uh, a landmark, yeah, Houston store. We've talked about that before. It's right across the street from Cactus. Do not visit one without the other, and get yourself <laughs> an Amy's ice cream after you're done. But yes, I'm not telling them. you what to do. I'm just telling you how to live your life. Yeah. So Rock and Robin had it, and I uh, bought it, and it, and it also has a CD burner in, built into it, so you can record oh, yeah. and stuff. And of course, I never used it. Oh, actually, that one didn't work. That one, but um. So I'd been, I'd recorded a lot of riffs and a lot of song ideas on this old machine. And then one day it decided to lock up on me and just, you know, everything was, sto- was uh, trapped then on the yeah. the hard drive in this old machine. Yeah. Uh, so I lost a bunch of. It may still be salvageable. I know that. Yeah. I just have to figure out how to get it out. I've, get I've, I've, I've thrown it repeatedly against the wall, so it hasn't. I remember exited the machine yet. So I remember in the past of you, you flipping through stuff on there. I mean, you did all the demos for standards yes. for on that machine. And there were a lot of rehearsals from the original lineup song ideas and stuff we were working on back yeah. in the idea back in the day. Yep. Just by way of example, but then you didn't, for a long time you weren't using it, right? Did you, was it when you started, when you discovered it wasn't working right? Or is it, had, had it, had it been kind of on the shelf for a while or was it, did it just suddenly stop working? Ah, uh, I don't know why I stopped, stopped using it. Um, that's, that's a good question. I don't know why I stopped using it. But um, then when I re, uh, reacquainted myself with it and started putting the stuff again, it also has a built-in drum machine. Uh, yeah. So you can, and it's just, it's got about, I want to say about 30, maybe 40 different patches and it'll play different kinds of, Reggae. It's not like a Casio keyboard where it says, you know, the bossa nova or the, mm-hmm. you know, these these beats you can absolutely never use, and they just, they sound like, uh, you know, it's it's it sounds like cats knocking stuff off a table. It's just not very good. But this <laughs> this uh this uh, this boss machine it has decent sounding drums in it, so you're able to program. Uh, you can program the drums to do what you want, which I never got into. I don't care. I, I like to hit the button and let it go, and. Um, so you can kind of set the tempo and the the feel of the song that you want and then record it and then record melody parts over it. Mm-hmm. So 
so these it's just just incredible for for song ideas and putting riffs down and um you know and even working on on guitar solos i'll re- record the rhythm part and p- put the other part over or if i'm writing an original i put the um actually uh kerfuffle was written on that machine and it was about 17 18 different parts and everything kind of was everything was kind of sandwiched together and i know we spoke about this before on a, on a show but when when the movie people called and they wanted a song I kind of mm-hmm. just took the pieces that I that that were that were gluable, you know, to yeah. uh, you know they were you know able to stick these pieces together. That's why the song kind of sounds like a, like a mixed match, or, yeah. as, or as Chad would say, a podge hodge. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but um, you know, it, uh, so so it's it very very uh, helpful in that regard, and able to sandwich stuff together, and 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 I I, I like to do the the have a completely different section in a song just to have it drop out, which is, yeah, it's uh, inter- interesting for me, but it's not fun when you're dancing. It's like, hey, wait a minute. So you, a, a long time ago too, you gave me, uh, you gave me a, uh, a four track recorder, a Tascam. Yes. You had. Do you remember where, where did that come from? I came from a, a company called Tascam. <laughs> Somebody gave it to you though. Yes. Right? Actually, uh, Steve Boyd, who we've spoken about before. Yeah. And they're an incredible drummer who uh, retired from drumming and music business and went off to sail the seven seas. He and his wife and their dog bought a houseboat and just took off in the ocean. So yeah, he, he was getting rid of all this stuff and he, uh, he gave me a bunch of gear Yeah, and, uh, and it worked really well. I and mean, it was mm-hmm. great. It was, it was good stuff. It was, you know, it was just, he had had enough of the, he was, well, he was the, uh, when I put my first band on the dole together, he he i remember he said to me he said are you sure you want to do this and i looked at him i was like are you crazy oh, why would you yeah. not want to do this that's right and, that's uh, right then now 15 years into it i'm looking at him going yeah it's pretty smart <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to do this because <laughs> I, I had a, i had a, a task game that a long time ago that i bought at the drum keyboard shop uh the late great drum keyboard shop out on uh, 59 that's where my explorer came from like is that right explorer, yeah yeah this is one of the one of the great classic music stores. Sadly, I mean, Rock and Roman is, I think, the only store that's still around from that from that era. Wait, except for Evans and Evans, Evans on Westheimer. I, well, I, Evans I'm is not, closed now too. Is it? I th- last time I went there, or unless they've moved, I don't think it's there anymore. They probably just ignored you. <laughs> they saw you coming. Uh, no, it's a taco shop. But Music Emporium, our our favorite. The music. That's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yes, up on 1960. Yeah, go see Rob if you want your guitar. Yeah. To shred. That's where I used to go to get my favorite guitar picks too. Sorry, uh, back to drum keyboard shop. These special green picks that uh, Ty Tabor of uh, uh, King's X is famous among guitarists for being very particular about the types of picks he uses. It turns out he <laughs> uses the same kind of pick he does. These little green nylon picks. See? Well, actually, the company that makes them doesn't doesn't exist anymore. So Ty. The legend has it that Ty uh, bought the molds, somehow acquired the original molds for these picks, and he's making them himself now, or he's paying somebody to do it for him. Incidentally, King's X, one of the most underrated hard rock bands mm-hmm. around. People just uh, that's incredible. also from Houston, Texas. In case you didn't yeah. know, incredible, incredible that people do not know. Yeah, the magic that is Doug Pinnock and King's X. And a side note from that too is um, the the uh, Starrett Street uh, rehearsal studio where we used to rehearse um, downtown. We, yeah, where we yeah right in the warehouse, Starrett Street downtown. We acquired that space when James Edwards 
of Moses Guest was our drummer back in 2007. And uh, it was Moses, it was a, the rehearsal space for Moses Guest as well. And then uh, we took over the lease briefly <laughs> before letting that space go. Uh, that, that, that space actually got, even though it was on the second floor, got flooded during the hur- Hurricane Ike. Total side note there. But uh, that was the second time that, that I was in that space. Because when, when that studio first opened, it was uh, early 90s. And after my band The Change broke up, my friend Dwight and I and Rob, the bass player, three of us from The Change started a new band. And we're, we're rehearsing out of that space right when it was just freshly open. It was still relatively clean, fresh, fresh smell of paint and everything. And right next door to us was King's X, um, which was a trip. I didn't know anything about them at the time, except you used to see Doug Pinnock around town. Doug, Doug was the bass player. Had this, and he was Is. hard, hard. Yeah, he was hard to, to miss because he had uh, this massive mohawk back in those days. And this tall, I don't know, six and a half foot tall dude with this massive mohawk. You used to see him everywhere. I mean, he would be at Fitzgerald's, he'd be at Rogers, he'd be just all over. And they, uh, but they were the resident band at a pub that is, I mean, a pub that doesn't exist anymore. The building doesn't exist anymore called the Alehouse on uh, West Alabama near Kirby. Kim Elson, Alehouse. That's the place we were talking about. My next door neighbor, Kim. Right? We were having coffee in the morning, could not think of the Alehouse. The little uh, house, the little yeah, it was a house, two story house. house yeah. yeah, yeah. Kim Elson and, and and Kim. Now here's here here's a side note for you. Uh, Kim walked past me this morning and um, he kicked me. He thought I was dead. I was just taking a nap on the sidewalk. But he uh, he uh, he said, "Is this is this Thoppercast number 35? So Kim in Houston, Texas, is listening, and he he did. He said that this very morning. So talking uh, about the Alehouse, yeah, and the Ale, no Yale House was uh, two weeks ago. Oh. Um, so you you might remember back in August we were talking about a, a, a new turntable I got for my birthday. Yeah. Well, Kim is uh, planning on moving because he doesn't like his. Oh, neighbor. that's right. He doesn't like his neighbors, and he gave me this huge box of records of LPs. Wonderful collection. Too. And yeah, just just I, I, I'm not even I'm not even I, I'm not even a fraction of the way through it. I've listened to uh, to a few, uh, you know, few of the records that came off the top, but um, I moved a few of them to the top <laughs> as suggestions. They're still sitting there. I see. No, I've listened to them. Yeah, but that's, yeah, I've, yeah, I've got. I've Nelson? got. I mean, there's. Was that Sonny Wilson on the top? Two hundred. Uh, Was that Sonny Wilson on the top there? Yeah, if you speak clearly, I'll be able to see what you're saying. Schmilson. Yeah, that's the, that's the name of the album. Uh, yeah. So he, he gave me a bunch of records and just. Uh, uh, just, just uh, wonderful. One of they, they, they've, they, they've found a new home and they're very happy here. And Kim, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I, I, I can't put into words how grateful I am. Just box of just fantastic records. Yeah, that's so and, cool. Yeah, and and it's just you know, like like he said, it's just, it's just nice knowing that they're being played instead of sitting in a box. And you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and 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 the other thing he said to me, uh, he texted me that day. Uh, I took him over here, and he said. Uh, I hope they're in good. I mean, these things are in pristine condition. There's not a scratch on them. Yeah, they really so are. So I really took took great care of them. The the the, the sleeves look great, and there's mm-hmm. not a scratch on the records or anything. So, so Kim, thank you. And also, Kim, and he pray he won't want me to tell you this, but since I got a big mouth, I'll tell you this. Um, he he had a beautiful Yamaha guitar in his closet, and he wanted rid of it. He want, but he wanted it to go to somebody, you know, 
preferably a beginner, somebody maybe even a, a low income family. So I fixed it up, put some strings on it, and you know, yeah, tuned it up and got it. Re- and my sister, who works for, uh, she works for the police department in Pasadena, but she, uh, she, in his name, donated it to the children's center at Chimney Rock. So it's nice. going, it's going to live there now. Cool. Thanks to Kim, and it's and, it, and it's, the thing sounds fantastic. I took it out of the box, and it was just. It hadn't been played in a long time, but the sound off of it, just really, really warm, yeah, rich sound. It's a, it's a Yamaha, um, I want to say it's a G3 100 or something, which again, I'm not a gearhead. I'm just, mm-hmm. but it just, it sounded so rich and so, it's just, it nearly sounded like, like to me like a, like one of those old Martins, but just great sounding guitar. And um, I polished it up and just strings on it and just, it's, it sounds fantastic. So, Kim, you're a, you're an absolute, you're a gem. We're just, uh, we thank you. So yeah, that's really Wonderful. cool. Did you, did you ever play, uh, did, did, uh, like on the dole or any of the early incarnations of your bands play at the Alley house? No, the house was dead and buried by the time I even picked up a guitar. I mean, that was gone. Yeah. Well, I did go, I'm trying to think, I guess it was, I was yeah, working I guess it pretty recently. early. Yeah. Yeah. I moved. I moved when I moved back to Houston from New York in the late '99. Um, I started hanging out with Matt Hammond, uh, drummer Matt Hammond, a lot as I ran into him. This was my my reintroduction to the Houston scene. Is uh, my mom and James Edwards' mom Kay, who are best friends, um, were go- hanging out quite frequently at this this place called the oh God. It was a wine bar out on Mid Lane in Westheimer. And I can't for life of me remember that the name of it. it was Hooters? No, you, you and I went there once Good because ways. it was still there in, in the early 2000s because um, Ben Bell played some shows there. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cameron. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. I would know oh, the vintage bar, the vintage bar. I think that was what it was called. Anyway, uh, Johnny Egan at the time had a regular, I think a Wednesday night uh, thing there. And he was, he was always gigging there anyway, but he had an open mic thing there on Wednesdays. So I just happened to go there with my mom and Kay one night, shortly after I moved home. And that's when I met John, first time. And then I got reacquainted with Matt Hammond, who uh, is a pro drummer and producer now. He was, he was pro back then, too. But he had just been touring at the time. He, just, he, he had been living in New York for a little bit. And he was actually the touring drummer with Bob Mould of Husker Du uh, for a while there. But back in the... Back in the um, early 90s, late 80s, he was in a band called uh, Nothing in Return. Houston, local Houston band. But anyway, so Matt and I were hanging out a lot and hanging out with John, and that's when I also met a guy named uh, Eric Korb back then, who uh, was also good friends with James. So that's when I met, met James. I, I thought I had met James Edwards before that, which I may have, because he he, we both went to HSPVA. He was the drummer of a band called um, Circus Glass when I was in high school. And then later elevator up. So I'm sure I must have met him at one of those shows, but I just, neither of us could remember. But, um, so that's when I really got to know James too, was around that same period. But we, we used to go out drinking a lot. Um, not James, but, uh, Matt and, uh, and John Egan and I, and David Rice, when he was in town, we used to go out a lot, but there was, a but we frequently would find ourselves at the A house. There was one time the, all, all of us were at the A house one, one night was one of the last times I remember seeing David in person, actually. It's been so long. Um, David Rice, another Houston musician who went on to be a producer and a, 
film score, but I, we used to go, uh, Scott Washburn and I actually used to go to the Owl House a lot to see uh, Snit's Dog and Pony show back in the day. Sort of was back when Adam was his guitar player. What's his last name? Adam? He's uh, in the Octanes. He's got his own band, the yes, Octanes. Birchfield. Now. Yeah, Birchfield. That, that, that lineup of, of, of uh, Snit's band was just fantastic. But I, I used to go see them all the time back in those days because I didn't have, <laughs> I wasn't in advance. I had way more free time back in those days. But the house was really cool. It was, it was, um, literally was a house and the stage was upstairs and what looked like somebody's loft bedroom or something. Yeah, it's a shame. It, it got torn down now. And then there's, I think it's where the Borders bookstore used to be or that whole. Yeah, it's across from the, the Whole Foods on Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then but, were the days. Did you use that, that Tascam to, that we were talking about earlier? Yeah, did you ever very, use it? very, uh, very sporadically and uh, uh, not very often. The 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 digital made a lot more sense for what I do because it it was just it was just it was visual. You know, you could see yeah. you could see the tracks, you could see everything you're doing. Versus the Tascam was very, uh, you know, you kind of cross your fingers and hope it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> hope you're doing it right. You know, you get through a whole take and you're like, oh, I was supposed to hit that button too. And that, yeah, one, it did that level and that, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the digital recorder, you plug and play and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. This morning I was driving my daughter to school. And I told her that I'd woke up in the middle of the night with this Christmas song that I do. That I, it's the same one. It's the same song. I, I started about, uh, September every year. And, uh, this is the last day of September, but I was woken up in the middle of the night last night with this melody again in my head. The, the songs every day is Christmas since you're gone. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, that went, it was just, it woke me this morning. I, so I told her about it. She's like, yeah. She goes, yeah, we had this conversation before. <laughs> so <I'm> like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta plug back in the machine today. And, uh, uh, get to get back to work on that. It's just, just drive me up the wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's one of those things I, I, I used to use my, my task. I mean, I've got mountains of, of tapes, um, from my old task. Unfortunately, I don't have my original task anymore. And the, the one that Patrick gave me, it does work, but the, I can't, most of my tapes uh, don't work in there because I had a Porter studio two task Porter studio two, And these are, multi-track recorders that used actual cassette tapes, um, which are hard to come by these days. But uh, the, the Porter Studio 2 used to record at double speed, which made it higher quality because you were using the, 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 the signal you're putting on the tape was, was spread out over a longer portion of the tape, so it was less compressed. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why. But it, it really did sound noticeably better. The quality was crazy good. So when I try to put, play those tapes and, and the task game you gave me, they're <laughs> like half speed. And yeah. So I, ha I have to do what you do, did and go on eBay yeah. at some point and just find a used, uh, yeah. refurbished uh, Porter Studio 2. Because um, I got mountains and mountains of demos. And then if I, once I start going through them, I may actually, I don't know, I may, I may start sharing them with people at some point, but that's going to be a massively time-consuming project. <laughs> But I, I really, I can't let that stuff go to waste. It's just too good. That's why I, I really hope that we can dig into the, your, your, uh, the, the dead hard drive yeah. on your old BR 1180. 
because I know there's some cool stuff in there unless the, unless it's gotten overwritten or something that from those early early bloggers days. But there there is something about about because I, I I found and this is just bad discipline too and falling out of the habit. But having that tool, I mean, it was something nice about even though yeah the Tascam the the cassette a multi track was definitely way more complicated to use than 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 the the BR eleven eighty I think. Like you say, you just cut, push a couple buttons and you can record on that thing. Yeah, with the task cam, you had to really know what you were doing. Yeah, especially if you're going to try if you're trying to like bump down tracks and things like that, which isn't necessary with yours because it's digital, I guess, right? Yeah, but there was something much more immediate because that that's the only thing that that device was for. <laughs> I can record demos and I have recorded demos on my laptop, but it's I don't often think of it that way because the, the, it's so weird that the it's like our phones now they serve so many different purposes and there's something I think valuable about having a tool that just does one thing that uh, something about that for, for at least for us old timers, uh, I think maybe fosters productivity a little better. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I never think to, uh, to turn my phone on. Uh, uh, I always remember like always most of the time. Remember to turn my phone off when we get to a gig, I don't want it the phone on. I don't want a text. I don't want to read an email or a social media. I, I just, I, I just, I'm there to, to do a job. So I turn my phone off and a couple of times I've got burned by not having the phone on, but that's what my phone's for is phone calls. Yeah. Right. And text now, but so I turn it off now. Would it benefit having the phone on? Yes. Cause I could, you know, just hit record and say, Hey, you know, order t-shirts order you know yeah uh, or book this date or you know, whatever it would yes it would be great to have it but no I, I prefer to have it off because i I've, i want the you know the the i gotta get set up a lot of stuff to do and uh you know make sure you know we, we get enough sound time mm-hmm. to sound check and get so in, in 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 answer to your question yes everything is, is on that phone there's hundreds of millions of dollars worth of gear inside that phone so yes you can do a voice memory you put stuff on your calendar you can you can have an app to remind you to put stuff on your app <laughs> and remind you that oh, yeah. you know but you know yeah re- it's just do, absurd do, do, yes there's so much stuff on it and and the quality of the stuff because i know that in rehearsals you've yeah. recorded the rehearsals yeah. and then been able to just email it to us and mm-hmm. it there's there's something something that's still so amazing about that but do we use it to our no very rarely yeah so it's uh so that's that's what i mean it's, it's yeah that's what I, I agree with you it's, it's uh, so weird that we have it's so much easier to do to be creative and to be productive now but it's like i i feel like i take it way too much for granted like it's just too easy for some reason like i, I don't know it's so strange it's the same thing with with the way that i listen to music now too that coming back again to vinyl and the way that we used to consume music when we were kids compared to now, I remember when, when the digital revolution, whatever you want to call it started and MP3s were starting to become a thing. And back in the Napster days and looking ahead to, you know, it was pretty easy to see where we were headed at that point. Although the music industry was slow to, to uh, pick up on that. Um, I was saying, man, wouldn't it be cool someday? You know, I just have, not just not just a thousand songs or two thousand songs, but my entire music library, you know, just in my pocket, so I can just listen 
just call up any song, you know, my, not just a tape I've made or not just a CD I've burned or, or a playlist I've created, but every single song that I own. And now we're so, not only do we have that, we're so far beyond that. Not only do I have that, but I have access, immediate access to every song that ever existed at my fingertips at any one moment, as long as I have an internet, long, long as I have a connection to the internet. And I never, it's like, I feel like it's just overwhelming. Cause like sometimes I, like I get into the shower, I like to play some music on my phone. And I, and it, sometimes I, I'm racking my brain. I'll, I'll be wasting time sitting there staring at my phone trying to think of what to listen to because there's too many choices and I can't make a decision. So I often find myself just listening to the same stuff I've always listened to. And it's, it's like I, I, narrow, I, I limit myself to a very small selection of, of, of songs. And it's like having this huge, this huge uh, library at my fingertips almost doesn't mean anything. You know, it's like now that I have what I used to dream of having, it's like, I, I don't even use it. <laughs> Does that make sense? I, I, I don't I'm, know if that's because of how old my age, you know, if I'm, I'm 50 and uh, it's just something because it, that's, that's just, it has to do with our, our generation, you know, or I've got no, I, I, I understand, but I, I don't have any music on my phone. I don't like to listen to music on my phone. Yeah. I don't listen. I don't. I don't like. I don't like headphones. I don't like. Yeah, you know. I like CDs in the car. Yeah. I like LPs and CDs at home. I like uh, long walks on the beach. But um, the <laughs> the the fact that it is so accessible, it, it that that doesn't do anything for me. I, I you know what I mean. I my the you know I I don't mind going to look for a CD in the house when it when it when it hits, you know, mm-hmm. um, and again, the, 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 yeah. Going back to what you said about the, 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 the machine that does that one thing. Yeah. That's when I can plug in my machine. You know, it's funny looking at the, I see my neighbors look at me when I'm you know, leaving. They're like, how is your head still on? The music is so loud. in here. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, uh, um, it's it's uh, that's that uh, that's another thing too that your phone can't do. Your phone can only get to a certain volume. The, the the stereo in the house can peel the paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. the and you know, yeah. I've always I've always listened to music like that. So. Yeah, I do. I have, I, I had to remind myself of this. I do. I think I mentioned it on an earlier show. I do have a turntable. I don't know if it still works, but it's 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 an old turntable. That I think dates from probably the mid to late nineteen seventies, and it's paired with a, a tuner, uh, stereo tuner, tuner <laughs> for the, for you youngins tuner used to refer to the radio tuner, which was also frequently also the sort of the power amp of a stereo. That's that, that was the, uh, uh stereos used to come in multiple components it used to be, comp- that's what we called them. They were components, stereo components. You had the turntable and then you had your, your stereo tuner, which was a radio receiver as well as the, the, the amp that you plug the speakers would be plugged into that. Sometimes that would be separate too, I guess. Yeah. It depends on how, how many in the tape deck. Yeah. There, there were a bunch of different configurations of the hi-fi systems as we used to call them back in those days. So hopefully I can get that thing working again. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably, I mean, it might even be a tube. I'm sure it is. It must be a tube, uh, receiver or t- tuner or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Tune component. in next week. Um, yeah. well, it's not gonna be that soon. As, as the table turns. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I I want to I want to start listening to my LPs again. I still have most of them. I was I was we were talking about Tin Machine on one of the a uh, few shows back. 
the band that David Bowie used to have in the late eighties, early nineties. And, uh, I was talking about how I was just mentioning that because that was one of the last LPs I ever bought. Apparently I don't have that LP anymore. <laughs> I was really depressed to find, discover I, I can't find it. I'm not sure what happened to it, but since I don't ever really look at my, my, my records anymore, I, it, there's no telling what, what happened to it. Well, that was the one that I, that I guess that is an advantage now you have on your phone because people can't borrow your phone and never give it back. Yeah. You don't lose. So we lost, yeah, we lost millions and millions of CDs. Uh, the, the, the LPs my mother sent over from Ireland, she sent them over years ago. I forget who she sent them over with, but so, somebody arrived on the doorstep with a stack of LPs and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but that was only a fraction of what was left. Um, you know, the, the, over the years, just, you know, you're, you're not there. So, you know, yeah, I can borrow that. You can borrow that. Take that one. So then, you know, your, your collection gets, yeah, you know, fizzled way, way, way down. Yeah. But, uh, this was a sign of the times too, that my, for as example, some of my records were from my parents' collection and the name Smalley would be written in my dad's handwriting yeah. often in, in, a, in a magic marker on the yeah. front of the record somewhere. Cause that was common practice back then because people, not only would you loan records to people, but you take them to parties exactly, and they yeah. get mixed up with other people's records. If you didn't know whose was whose records anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that doesn't happen anymore. Same thing with books too. My dad used to, he would write his name inside the, the first couple pages of the book, uh, just in case, you know, it wound up in the hands of somebody else. Have you seen this? This is a, a, a this is a complete beeline again from what we've been talking about, but the, the people outside some people's houses, they have these little, these little book, uh, looks like a post, uh, um, um, post box or mailbox. They have these things out there and there's books in them. Oh yeah. And it looks like they're putting them out there for people to, yeah. To just take or yeah, I, I've seen those things where it's they have they have that outside uh, black hole coffee shop. Yeah, um, is that an exchange thing or is I that think a- so? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, what you call that, but yeah, it's it's like leave take a book, leave a book type of thing. Huh? Yeah, I, I, it is cool that people are still doing that. That's another thing too. I am so you know I'm here lamenting the the how how the the digital age has rotted my brain, but and I don't. <laughs> You know, I I I miss being able to, being able to listen to my LPs, but uh, you know, I have an LP player and it, I don't use it. I I used to read books. I used to actually hold books in my hand and read books. And now, because it's so easy to just read things on the internet, I don't read books anymore. I feel horrible about that. It just seems like it, with everything that that uh, is going on, it just seems like I never have sitting down and just reading a book feels like a luxury to me now. Where it always makes, I always feel like there's something else I'm supposed to be doing, because this laptop here, which I love this, I love this machine. So we're recording the the, repro- the podcast on right now using a multi-track program called Adobe Audition. I can, th- th- this this thing serves so many different purposes. You know, it's not just recording <laughs> recording my uh, recording the podcast. I can record demos on it if I wanted to do that. You know, obviously I do all the work that I do for the band is done in this thing, but. It's just overwhelming sometimes. I, I, I mean, all the time. I don't. I completely lost my train of thought. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're saying how you want to, you know, be able to sit down and read a book. However, you're being yeah, pulled I'm, in the direction always, of the, yeah, the computer and the the phones and all that stuff. Because that's that's how I consume all of my news and everything now. 
so what I, I, I think it's great though that I, I know this is, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's experienced this, but there are pl- plenty of people who still read actual books. Um, many of whom are far younger than I am, which I think is really cool. But I, I, I'm hoping to be able to shake myself out of this at some point. But, so I do miss that. Just, just reading, you know, and not doing anything else, just reading. Yeah. I, there's no, I'm never just doing one thing anymore. I mean, it even requires a, a tremendous amount of concentration just to watch like a movie on TV or something like that. And it's, okay. Like I'm just going to watch the movie. <laughs> I'm not going to mess around on Twitter and Instagram at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's, I, it's, I, I, I don't watch TV for that reason. I don't, I don't turn it on. I, I just don't, you know, if, if I want to listen to uh, a podcast, I'll put it on. If, if it's on YouTube, I'll put it on the, 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 the TV, but there's, there's, there's no picture. It's just the sound coming yeah. out, coming out of the thing. So yeah. That's just a yeah, and uh, yeah. This this is Monday. This is uh, this is uh, the the day before Slappercast thirty five. You should just set yourself an hour aside today and start today. Yeah. Now I do. I want to steer away from that again and just uh, magical weekend. Yeah. Uh, some days, some days you just you know you just wake up and you're like, oh god, that was that was that was miserable. That was a terrible. I'm going to tell you something. T Bone Tom's on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You, a lot of people wouldn't, won't know. I, I spend as much time as I can outside. And we got out of the van on Thursday to set up at T-Bone Tom's. And there was, it felt like no humidity in the air. It was hot outside. Sun was shining. Gorgeous weather. Staff was bouncing around. It was just, but I'm telling you something, the humidity was gone. It felt amazing down there. Yeah. And the food was great as usual. The staff was in great form. And we had a, just, just a tremendous show with dancers and all kinds of stuff. Great fun, and and I, I I can't stress enough to you if you're if you're a meat eater or if you're, how are the veggie burgers by the way? I t bones they're they're good they're good yeah yeah they, they I, again I've I wouldn't I wouldn't touch them but yeah the uh, the trike and the armadillo eggs that's the way to go but that's me but if you're yeah. a meat eater I'm telling you something that's that place is off the charts good not not expensive uh, just just great great family atmosphere and uh, I love it anyway mm-hmm. that's one. Then, uh, so we go in the van, then we, uh, we do Friday, Saturday at Moe's in San Antonio. And if you're close to San Antonio, go see Chris and the crew over at Moe's, because I'm telling you, there, there, there's a bit, there was a bit of a shakeup in the staff, mm-hmm. but they threw down for us on Friday and Saturday. They, yeah. they did it. The, they just, they were tremendous. And they're, like I said, you know, they, they we did the grand opening a few months back, and there was a lot of transit. There always is. There's always a. You always notice when you go in, and there's the grand opening, and it's just smiling faces, and everybody's tripping over each other to try to try to to to, to do everything at once. Well, then you go back a week later, and you don't recognize anybody. It's the, it's just it, it, it's the same thing. It's the same thing when you. Uh, you know, as a staff or punter, you, 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 you know, the, the, the staff is going to change up after the first couple of weeks and the, 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 the crowd will as well. I've opened many a uh, uh, pub or sports bar or nightclub or whatever it was, continental club, whatever it is. I've opened up many of them. You never, there, there's what, I don't know. I'm sure it's every town, but there's what they call the flash 500. And that's the, that's the crowd that shows up at the, the opening of 
the new oh, event okay. and they come out and they're, they're the best dressed and yeah. they're the, they're uh, real, the sparkly, shiny people, you know, and you never see them never again. See them again yeah. They never come back in the, in the club cause they're there right. to be seen right. and that's it. Right. And you know, there's usually free, free stuff and they're there for that. And it's a, uh, uh, and I'm, you know, because I've opened many of these places, I've opened a few places downtown, a couple of the trendy clubs and, uh, you know, like some of the sport, sports bars and continental clubs. And you see that, and you know, I know who they are. You know, I know these, I know these faces cause I've been around Houston for many years now. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, uh, that was our first grand opening of a place in San Antonio. So again, kind of same thing, you know, the flash people were out and whatnot. Well, they're no longer there and it's back to being a real, or it starts now to be a real pub. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, they brought in a manager from, uh, he has, he, he worked for a time in college station and he worked for a time in, uh, uh, I think he, he, he actually, his restaurant and training, his restaurant and bar training, uh, was in Alabama, Chicago. He's from Chicago, but, uh, this, this guy is, he's young, he's energetic and he's, really smart mm-hmm. really you know just he had a great grip of the place naturally you know what i mean yeah. he, he's one of these people that just he uh uh just 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 not, not just gracious and just not everything that that a, that a bar manager should be but also very very stealth you you, you don't see him move you know moving stuff around or doing mm-hmm. things but all that everything was kind of taken care of and yeah. so, so 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 this guy's gonna be tremendous and yeah uh, I, you know i just i i we uh we have a really good relationship with with all the moles that we play at they're yeah. just they're 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 the staff are trying real hard and the they're you know the competition is is, is growing because everybody's opening up brew mm-hmm. pubs and uh you know, these, these, uh, local bars and, you know, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough business back in the nineties. You know, if you open up a place, you were kind of the only game in town depending on your location, but it was so, so I, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, these, these people are, uh, are, uh, the staff, the, the staff at Moe's, especially, you know, working really hard to, to get to know their, their, their locals and to, 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 to bring in music and to, you know, mm-hmm. appease the sports fans and the music fans and the pub fans and the families and the so. Uh, what we we had a just a wonderful time, and what made it even more fantastic was our 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 friends from Sherwood, Dorian and Charlie. They yeah. they put us up on Friday night yeah. and fed us like we ate like kings. Yeah, we ate like kings. Chad's a vegan. Mike's a vegetarian. Uh, Wes is an everythingarian, and uh, they uh, the food started long before we woke up, and they didn't stop cooking all day. Charlie made uh, she made uh, two different kinds of bread, fresh bread from from scratch. God, yeah, all kinds of stir fry uh, veggie thing for Chad and uh, stuff separate stuff then for Mike and then separate stuff for me and for I mean just and it never stopped. Mm-hmm. It just it just never stopped. It was and it was. Uh, we rolled out of there, literally <laughs> rolled out of there late afternoon, yeah. and they couldn't. They, and and, they, and you know, uh, Dorian is from Espan. Um, he's from Spain, and he's uh, he's 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 kind of short. He's what about six four? You know, he's you know very you know he's roughly the same height as you. Isn't yeah, he? yeah. And he's he's uh, but when he says, you know, come in, it's your home. He's 
He's not fucking around. Yeah. That's, that's it. I mean, that's, it's, you don't, don't, you know, he's just, they're, they're, they're so gracious. He and Charlie mm-hmm. are so gracious. And so they, sorry, I'm just bubbling on, but they're, 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 they were there. That, that's our second time staying with them. Yeah. And, and you also have to remember too, it's outside, it's outside of San Antonio. So you're looking out the, the back into the back garden and you're just watching deer. Yeah. By the, and they were just walking by. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, just, yeah, yeah. it's just absolutely fantastic. So we're, we're just, we're spoiled rotten and, um, uh, just, uh, you know, Charlie and, and, and Dorian just uh, above and beyond. Yeah. So nice hanging out with them, but also wonderful talking with them too about Sherwood. We missed due to, uh, yeah. uh schedule conflict. We missed, uh, one of our favorite gigs of the year. It happens at the same time every year. However, the calendar booked up so quickly, which we're already, we're already, you know, halfway through next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so things are just getting done. I mean, we, I remember the days where we used to book shows for a week and two and three weeks out mm-hmm. and just kind of leave it and just kind of wait. And, yeah. You know, and then would fill up again, but we are now into 2020. We're already, we've already got a substantial amount of dates. Uh, we don't post all the dates as we get them uh, because of the amount that we play. Well, it'd be overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, but so we missed Sherwood this year, which they do a Celtic gathering in September, the beginning of September. And it's the same time every year. However, with the avalanche of dates that we got last year, the, 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 the calendar filled up really quickly. And I, it was just one of the things I overlooked it. And when the call came in from our friends over at Sherwood and, and I was like, Oh, let me see if I can, move stuff around well i couldn't and there's just stuff that we just yeah september is big because everybody does their halfway to paddy's day stuff and Mm -hmm. so you know and again although it didn't happen this year usually in september the weather starts getting you know you get your first or second cold front and it starts to get really pretty outside well it's just stayed summer and it's still summer outside now this as we speak but so we missed this year and they missed us this year is what they told us. And, you know, I got a phone call, you know, after their, after their, their weekend finished and said, Hey, uh, we're not going to miss next year. Right. I said, no, we're not <laughs> next year. Uh, just kids. If you're marking your calendars, if you have a smartphone or even a dumb phone, write it on there. Cause it's going to be, um, uh, do we know what the actual date is? Yes. But I, not to the top of my head, but, um, uh, I would, I would, just make plans to be there for the next year. Cause it's going to be their 10 year anniversary of yeah. their uh, Celtic festival. And we have played every single one of them until this year. <laughs> so that won't happen again. And we're going to, no. we're going to do so we're going to do something special for them next year. Um, and I have something in mind and uh, it's not going to be speedo Sherwood. Like I promised the first year, it's going to be something, something <laughs> that people will actually enjoy. So we're going to have, um, uh, again, Charlie and Dorian, uh, we just, just, uh, we can't thank them enough and our friends at Mullins in San Antonio that just, uh, above and beyond, yeah, above and beyond just, uh, um, thanks to the, thanks to the crowd that were there too. We actually, we, uh, we strong armed our way back into, to, uh, to another show or two this year, which we didn't have, but, uh, uh, we juggled some stuff. So we're coming back to San Antonio before, because this was going to be our last show for the year. Yes. Because we're booked solid. N- yeah. And uh, now we're coming back on November 30th. Yes. The last Saturday of the month. 
Yes. So yeah. very, very happy about that. Yeah. I just added several different uh, shows. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm, not, I'm not awake. Uh, we're going to be back in Little Rock in December. Uh, very special, very special show. Yes, for, for our friend Sarah Garber, uh, who's one of the staff people there. Yeah. It's going to be her birthday. Um, so that's cool. We haven't been back. It's been May. We haven't been to uh, Hibernia since May, I believe. So it's been a while. It's been quite a while since we've been there. See, see our friends in Little Rock. And what else did we add? Well, this next this weekend, we're going to be, uh, at, speaking of Moe's, we're going to be at two of Moe's uh, Houston area locations. This weekend, we're going to be in uh, Cyprus. I can't remember which, was, which is first. Uh, Cyprus, yeah. Cyprus on Friday. And Katie on Saturday. And check time. If you're coming to Katie, check the times because it may be a little, actually both of them might be a little earlier start depending on the, uh, depending on the game schedule too. So we oh. have, uh, you, uh, we, 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 we live in a place called Houston, Texas, where um, our baseball team is just fantastic and wonderful and champion caliber and, uh, we don't have football here in Houston, so just don't even don't even waste your time with that crap. <laughs> and uh, it's coming back to basketball season. We're gonna have a great basketball season too. But um, so just just uh, um, check check our website. We'll have we'll know close to the end of the week because uh, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, what they call playoff baseball. There's going to be a lot of that going on. So we're gonna try to we're gonna try to. Uh, I don't want to get in the way of of you know, of our, you know, champion uh, Astro team. So, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, squash their, you know, their viewership by us taking the stage. And that's right. You know, that's right. There's a funny story about Patrick and baseball too, which I'll, I'll get to in a second here. I might, might close the show with us. Um, it can't be that funny, but, uh, Next weekend, we're, we are leaving the state. We're going back up to Missouri uh, for the weekend. On Thursday, we're going to be in Cape G, which I believe is Cape Girardeau. I'm not really sure exactly how to say it. We were having a discussion about this in the van the other night. Uh, and why do they call it a cape? I, I, I'm trying to figure out how there's a cape in the middle of, of Missouri. Well, it's called Cape G-Spot. What, what, what they mean is it's <laughs> for people that can't pronounce Girardeau. Anyway, um, we're going to be there for an event called Rocktoberfest next Thursday. That's hey, uh, they just put an R in front. October tenth, cool. yeah. And then, uh, and then the next three days after that, I'll cover October eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. We're going to be back in Weston, Missouri, for Weston Irish Fest, which is qu- quite likely my favorite time of the year. I mean, I, every time I say that, though, I go, "Oh wait, but there's this, and there's that." But it's really a fantastic, uh, fantastic festival. Uh, which we always have a great time at. So I, I cannot wait for next uh, for that for that weekend. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a festival where uh, we've talked about before. Where the where they 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 bring bands in. Uh, they you know the, the festival is big enough to where they can get just about anybody, and they keep bringing their favorites back because not only do the bands play well, but the bands play well together and the camaraderie and the crack and the uh it usually nine out of ten times the weather is perfect we 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 got a little bit of rain the last the last sunday 
we were there last time. Cold front came through, and it was just heaven. The, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday just got cold and rainy real fast. But this year it's going to be 100% all the way through. It's going to be gorgeous. Yeah. But um, uh, just the, the, the reason why we enjoy going up there so much is not only the 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 bands are fantastic. We 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 really we miss and look for we miss them uh, because we only get to see them once a year. So we so we always miss hanging out with these just wonderful musicians. But there's it's an ego free weekend, which is crazy with the with the, the, yeah. the you know these 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 screaming orphans which have enough talent on their own to 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 you know they could even they could even phone in their show. And I mean, literally call in on a phone and put the phone to a microphone on the stage and they could, they could, yeah, you know, they could pacify the crowd because they're, they're that talented. They're just, it, they may, may make me sick. Um, there's they're, uh, <laughs> yeah. screaming orphan, barley juice and just, uh, and Bob reader, of course, and yeah. Damien McCarthy Damien, and yeah. just the, the, the talent that comes to this show. I, I, I know I'm saying the same thing, but the, it, it all starts at the top. It all starts with Corey and Michael, the yeah. owners of of yeah. the brewery, yeah. and they treat everybody uh, with not just not just respect and all that usual crap. They treat everybody as as a, like 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 a best friend, yeah. And it's evident from the second you walk. And 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 they the the thing I didn't know until this, we've been doing this thing for years. The thing I didn't know was they. It, Weston's this tiny, it's a very, very, very small town just outside of Kansas City, mm-hmm. and uh, it, they, they, all the locals in the in the village or the small town, whatever it is, they, I think they all get in for free, or they all get in for a massively discounted price or something. But they take care of their their town, yeah, first, and the, the musicians, and the, and and then there's volunteers. They have the volunteers that work the the gate and the stuff like. That. But everybody's just jumping over people to, to, to help you and to, yeah. you know, carry stuff and to do stuff and just, and it is the, and the, and, and the sound guys too, that we've got, they got a monitor guy and they got the main house sound guy. And then the, the guy down in the dungeon and they just, that everybody is just, they're working as one in this, mm-hmm. this thing. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's no, it's no secret that it's one of our favorite, but it's a, it's a very obvious why it would be your favorite time of the year because it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we talked about all of this before, but uh, it, it's just it, I, I'm just honored to be a part of it, and it, it feels like uh, you know, as, as we've mentioned before, Michael Coakley is is a musician himself. He's a, a classically trained opera singer and uh, accordion player. Um. But I, it, it, you just get the sense that you're part of this sort of curated experience that, you know, it's, Michael's like, I'm, I present to you, you know, this roster of, of amazing talent. And somehow we got in there <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just, it, I just feel it's so again, just so honored to be a part of it. And it's just a tremendous thrill to be uh, sharing the bill with so many, so many uh, talented people. I know. And we're going to have, we're going to have, uh, we're kidnapping Lori Valenti Buell, she's coming with us, and yes, merch maiden. She doesn't, she doesn't, she, she doesn't get a break. And then uh, by the time we get back from that, she's got to, you know, she's got to repack and jump on the plane. We got to go to Ireland. Ireland. She's coming. Yeah, that's, so that's coming up really uh, soon, folks. Yeah, we're uh, we're yeah, September, October, you know, November. It's crazy, crazy busy, and uh, we wouldn't change, we wouldn't change it 
for anything. It's just a yeah. It's um, it's fantastic. And there might even be. I I, uh, I I think uh, Mary and Andy are driving up for the for the Western. Are they festival? Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, cool. Um, that that is uh, Mike's Mike's in laws. Yeah, Mike's yeah. mother and father in law. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, they're they're driving up, but there also might be, and uh, this would be a great spot for a drum roll. Um, there may be a Nania sighting, and you've heard us talk yes. about. You've heard of us talk about um, perhaps uh, a Holland sighting. Yeah, they they uh we we we've been talking about the online store and um uh new new festivals and whatnot that we'll be doing. Uh John and Sienna Nania uh, might show up at Weston. So uh yeah, it'll be another year that we get yeah, absolutely outshined by by uh, by, uh by somebody else. So yeah um yeah, we're 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 really looking forward to uh to the festival, but that is gonna be the and, and I think I think Jamie and Aaron might show up. I think uh uh Aaron's thinking about whether she's gonna bring Jamie or not, but they're gonna show up and uh I know Jay Holland's gonna be there. I know for a fact he's gonna be there because Kyle wants to go. Yes. And uh and I wanna hear Kate's uh Starburst song again, so Yes. I know. <laughs> Rambling, but this we, is yeah. you know, far too early in the morning. We, we, we love our Omaha friends, in case you didn't notice. Yes. Uh, so, we quickly, before we button this up, we were talking about sports earlier. When, when Patrick and I first met, when he was running an open mic at a pub called the Beverly Pub, we were talking about sports, and you know, I, I'm sure I mentioned I don't really follow sports, and Patrick was like, yeah, me neither, except for basketball. And, Always been a Rockets fan. Yeah. As, as anybody, anybody who lived here in the 90s can remember that the Rockets won uh, the championship two years in a row. It was 94, 95. It's when I was living in New York. It was actually, I just moved to New York when they won that, the championship. So this was when Patrick and I met, it was 2000, two, 2001. No, no, 2003. What am I talking about? 2003. So it was still, the, the, <laughs> it was less than 10 years earlier that the Rockets had won that championship. So the, the city st- still talks about that, but it was still fresh even back then. But uh, Patrick has described this to other people himself is that, that I witnessed what he calls his descent into baseball because the Astros games were on the, that huge. There was this big projection TV, uh, this old TV uh, right next to what was the, the stage area in the pub, which is the front of the pub. It, it, it looks kind of like a, an apartment, you know, yeah. like, 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 you know, it, the, the yeah. big wooden Thing it looked like a very small apartment, but it was behind us with this yeah. massive, you know, this, this right. yeah, grainy. The TV was always on. I mean, sometimes these days, like for example, when we were playing at Moe's in San Antonio this weekend, we made an effort to get the TVs turned off while we we're playing. Just a distraction for us as well as the audience to have those things on. But at Beverly Pub, we we always left it on, no matter what was going on, especially if there was a game on. And so, you know, I, I met Patrick. And he says, "Yeah, I don't really care about baseball," and then. <laughs> We would we'd take turns playing songs, and I'd go there, and Patrick would be running, you know, playing his songs and kind of swings from side to side. And between verses, he'd be constantly looking, looking over, looking at the TV that was right next to him, and <laughs> and it was just funny. And then and then gradually, uh, he got more and more engrossed in the the season that was underway uh, at that point. And you you've ever since then you've just been completely glued. <laughs> Well, that yeah, that that was that that was a strange, strange time because it was I, I didn't know that I liked baseball. In fact, I would have said 
I would have told you that it's like watching farming <laughs> on TV. <laughs> I remember saying that, but I do rem- I do recall out of out of uh, it's just just in my bones somewhere. I don't know where it came from, but I hated the Yankees. I just despised them. I didn't know anything about them. I just knew I didn't like that team. Yeah, and they were playing a team called the Marlins, who I I thought was a goofy name, and. uh so I started rooting for the Marlins, not knowing how the game was played. I didn't know the rules of baseball, but you kind of pick it up as you're playing for four hours in a smoky bar <laughs> and you, you know, it's, it's over your shoulder the whole time. And so I kind of picked up and, uh, and then just being a Houston fan. And now just, just for the record, I do not like football. To this day, now you can throw me in the middle of the field. You can put it on a TV. You can put it underwater, which probably belongs there. But you just—I can't stand <laughs> football. Just boring. Yeah. Um, now, American football—we're talking about right soccer is a completely different thing. That's yeah. football. But then that's another story. Right. So uh, yeah. So that's that's what happened with baseball. And then as as you, if you get into it the way I did, you know, being a Houston fan our team was never anything to boast about, you know, the Astros. And as it moved on and got later on in the, you know, in, in, in the years, this team just started showing signs of, mm-hmm. of brilliant, you know, of course, and I, I went to a couple of games and this is probably sacrilege to, to American listeners, but I just, uh, I prefer to watch it on a TV than go to a game. I can't stand the, 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 oh, da, 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 the jumbotron da, da, stuff, and, the, and yeah, yeah, and just the the everybody, you know, the, the, it, it, to me, it's like a pantomime. It's a big, big, you know, it, it, it just. But the, on on the, you know, we've always had good announcers. And uh, speaking of baseball, too, are the the aforementioned Keith Elson, Kim <laughs> Elson, excuse me. <laughs> He was a cameraman for the Rockets and the oh, that's right. the, yeah. uh, okay. the, the Astros yeah. for years. So I had this in uh, th- this guy and, and, and his father, Gene, uh, Kim's father, Gene, uh, a legend in in uh, in Astros baseball, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so as I got to know Kim, my neighbor, uh, I, I would have these great. Kim is hysterical uh he's a very very dry sense of humor and uh and 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 his his resume is actually quite, quite, kind of extensive you know and that um his own bars and he's been just just uh you've been a staple music scene for uh or the scene period in houston forever and uh just a, a fantastic character but I, I would get to text back and forth even during the games while he's filming. So, so was that, it was, cool. it, was, it was like a backstage yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, just, a, just, a, just a, a wealth of, of knowledge. And again, me coming in as a, as a peanut gallery, you know, you not, not even, not even, not even high, high enough to be called a heckler, you know, but just, just this, you know, a, a grunt, you know, just coming in and, uh, uh, now I'm a huge fan in, in that. Do I go to the game? No, I've you know I just keep track of them, you know, because we're always playing when they're playing, and yeah. Um, but yeah, fantastic team and just grit and 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 talent and deter- you know just just, just just wonderful. And the city, the city, 
you know, rallied behind them because that, you know, during when we got pummeled with Harvey, that was the year that the mm. uh, the Astros, you well, know, yeah. they won the championship yep. and just just a fantastic time to be in Houston. Yeah, and, yeah, that so. was that was a, that was a magical night. Yeah, and uh, it's it's you you, you can't. I, I have to. I'm definitely guilty of being a fair weather fan just because I'm not. And it's not because I don't care. It is kind of yeah. You don't because it is kind. Of, I don't care. Not not because I don't. I don't care about the Astros or or the home team. And don't care about it. I just don't. I'm not a sports person. You know. Um. But yeah, when when that when that happened, it was the, the city was just a, a light. It was it was you could just feel even if you had no idea what what had just happened, you could just feel the joy, uh, lighting up in the city. It was yeah. it was absolutely fantastic. One of my favorite memories too. Uh, about uh, with the Astros was uh, when the the almost there was one year they almost made it to almost made it to the to the World Series. It was I'm trying to remember what year it was. I think it was '05. We, we were playing at the Meridian and the uh, the smaller room when we opened for I believe it was when we opened for Bastard Sons of Johnny Cash. Do you remember this? And yeah, the, the oh, yeah. game was on while we were playing and I think they, that, that they won that game and they actually made it. That yeah. was the game that sent them to the playoffs. I think whatever they call that. I, I don't know anything about baseball, whatever they call the, the, well, the, I, the yeah, last I ref- few games before the, the world series. Yeah. Right. Was it, was it the game or two, was it two games before? I mean, it was really close. I don't know the, that. I, I was still, I was still a greenhorn back then. Yeah. But yeah, they, they call it and baseball people will call it the world series. I refuse to call it the world series. I'll call it championship. I'll go that far, but it's, not the World Series. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's just silly. But uh, yeah, I do remember that. I don't remember what stage it was, pennant or, or American League, or they were in the National League at that time, but I don't know what, again, I wasn't into it at that point. I mean, yeah. I, I, was, I was still learning, but they, uh, yeah, the, 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 the team, the, the, the town of Houston didn't have, they had no faith in the team. So to get that far, that's yeah, when was, everybody's kind of whoa. Yeah. Wait a minute, because we were all paying, we were all paying attention to yeah. the, to, to the to the series yeah. at that point. And it, and, it, and it was embarrassing too, coming from, from what I thought was 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 typical. You know, everybody was everybody's a massive Rockets fan then because we did the ninety four ninety five won the championship back to back. You know, it's just I said, well, this you know, yeah, it's a good sports town. No, it's not because they just yeah, <laughs> crap. They're going. You know. And calling for the managers, you know, calling for his him, his resignation after they lose a game, and yeah, you know, it's just like shut up, you know. It's a, you know, these are these are all, you know, just a, you know, a, a ton of of professional sports team, just, uh, the just teams that 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 play at the top of their game every game. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win every game. It's just you know, right. So. But I, I I remember that 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 night, at least that moment, pretty vividly when we were on stage. I almost want to say I remember what song we were playing when 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 they won the game. You can say, but nobody's going to look it up. I think it was Five Hundred Miles. No, <laughs> I think it no. Was. N- n- now you're definitely lying. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> but, but yeah, we we were we were just right in the middle of the song. They they the uh, the winning play was made in that game. Uh, we were we were just over the moon. Somebody, any any Astros fans who know the history probably be able to tell tell us uh, what year that was. They almost made it to the World Series. I think that's it for today, right? Yeah, I think that's enough. I think we should cut this up into ten segments and not do this again <laughs> for another month. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot more that we could. It's funny how much there is for that I could talk about. So much I could say about sports that even having 
absolutely no interest in it for, for the most part. Anyway, yeah, that was that was enough. So we will see you next week, kids. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, and please, I was going to say like and subscribe. <laughs> Not on YouTube. Yeah. But anyway, we'll see you again soon. But right. yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, yes. yeah, we'll chat soon, y'all. All right. Good night.